2: Between labor shortages and stuff shortages, folks have seen an economy-wide decline in service quality. For example, even though Disney World's been reopened for months, they've yet to restart their parking lot tram services, forcing visitors to walk nearly a mile to enter the parks. Of course, this being Disney, they've rebranded it Simba's Boiling Asphalt Stroll. (laughs) This increased level of sucking is happening everywhere. Airlines are putting customers on hold for hours, and Domino's is taking longer to deliver pizzas, forcing Americans to wait more than 30 minutes for disappointment. (laughs) Right, even highway rest stops are struggling to keep up the same level of service that they had before. And keep in mind, the level of service they had before was, everything smells like a urinal cake. (laughs) But this problem is a two-way street, because frequent surveys suggest that rude shoppers could be fueling the labor shortage well who conducted that survey i demand to speak to their manager no one calls me rude and furthermore no you calm down oh you're videotaping me fine i'll videotape you too that's fine look we're both doing it now no
3: No. some guy punched an air waitress in the face on an american flight they had to land uh, you know short
4: of the destination it's, it's ugly, what, the, all the ugliness, so angry. Joe, the word stewardess has been banned at Penn State, or I got some college. Yeah. Oh, boy. So don't say that sort of thing.
3: Oh, golly, Get to I'm that not. story
4: later. Speaking of the economy, oh, and by the way, it looks like we made the Urban Dictionary, which is exciting. Get Fantastic. That We've got at least, at least a couple entries. Um, we're so influential. <laughs> uh, economic report came out today. They were expecting it to be bad even though it keeps saying it's lower than expectations. If you're expecting it to be lower than expectations, I don't, I don't know, we're through the looking glass here, people. Uh, July, yeah, th- maybe, maybe I'm a stewardess and I'm expecting to get punched in the nose. If it's below those expectations, that's a problem. July through September, GDP report, the worst since the economy began its recovery from the coronavirus. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, we grew at about 2%, which was below what they were hoping for. So there you go, that's that. As far as uh, customer service, uh, you know, it
3: occurs to me I grew by roughly two percent during the quarter. So, <laughs> <laughs> keeping up with the economy—that's
4: my—that's my new goal. <laughs> more, more than expected or less than expected?
3: Uh, a little more than expected. I expected to lose weight, but uh, it's funny how that goes. <laughs> you
4: grew more than expected. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I'm trying to find my list here because I wanted to get it right. So we're talking about supply chain stuff and everything like that, and I think this is going to be a growing story. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know how often you all go to the grocery store or who does the shopping in your family or whatever, but I go to the grocery store a lot. And for the first time in my life... You know, during the pandemic, there started not being stuff at the grocery store. That's never happened to before. Now, originally when it was uh, wipes and Clorox wipes and stuff like that and baby wipes. Okay, I expected that, the coronavirus. But now just regular run-of-the-mill stuff just because of the supply thing. And I'm used to, all Americans are used to, and it really is a miracle that the free market does it as well as it does. Now that you, now that I don't have it, I recognize what a miracle it is. That if I want a box of Rice Krispies, I go to the grocery store, there's always a box of Rice Krispies there. And there might only be a couple, but there's enough. Right, right. I don't remember the last time I ever went to the grocery store pre-pandemic to get some of my normal stuff and they were out. I don't remember it ever happening.
3: Well, and not only if I went to the grocery store to buy, say, sliced ham, would there be sliced ham? There would be
4: four to eight varieties of it. But so I went to the grocery store. I needed one, two, three, four, five, six things. And five of them they didn't have six specific things that I've always that wow. I've been buying at the grocery store for years particular things and they didn't have so I, I needed a box of Rice Krispies zero Rice Krispies I needed a box of Frosted Flakes they had none I needed Farmer John's regular sliced bacon they didn't have any I needed chocolate peanut butter Luna bars zero of those um and I needed a particular kind of bread that we eat that they in the past was always there I mean it was it was not a question you just always went and grabbed some right. didn't have it. The only thing they did have was heavy cream, which was surprising because they're almost always out of that now. Um, five out of six items that I specifically walked in for, they didn't have. I was weird. I walked back to the car and thought, that's a weird situation. I basically didn't get anything. Well, now, if they had Farmer
3: John's thick sliced bacon or Farmer Joe's regular sliced bacon, would you
4: have bought it? Or, or Well, they why? did have other, but I wanted those specific things. Okay. And I just thought it was interesting cuz I buy those specific things. That's the bacon the kids like the most. This is a particular show but I've always been able to just buy those without thinking about it. Yeah. It was always there. Of course, yeah. This is crazy. None of them were. Yeah. And uh and this was not a food for less or something like that. I don't want to mention the brand cuz I don't think it's their fault, but it's a it's a it's a mi- middle of the road grocery store, common grocery store. If this is happening this way all across the country, Especially as we get close to Thanksgiving, people are going to start to howl or panic in some way
3: or calmly get used to it and start buying Farmer Jim's somewhat regular sliced bacon. To me, it's like the old joke about sex and pizza. You know, bacon even when it's not great is pretty good. My favorite bacon is the one in front of me. If yeah. it's not particularly good bacon, I think, eh, well,
4: man,
3: it's still pretty damn good. But with kids, that's I wonder that's how long this is going to I wonder how long this is going to last. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. If if somebody told me with a, a very uh, authoritative voice it'll be over certainly by the end of November. Because of X, Y, and Z. I think, oh, okay, great. And if somebody told me, eh, minimum three and a half years, I would say, oh, gosh, okay. I just, I don't know. <laughs> right, There's right. so many moving parts. Right. Well, in China, this is so interesting. China is like the last country on Earth to be striving for the zero COVID thing. I was just reading. They had, in some city of a gazillion people, they had three cases. And they went wild, complete lockdown, isolation of patients, hardcore contact tracing, travel cutoff. They just went nuts over there in China. I I got four cases in my own family. (laughs) <laughs> right. And you're not Zhendong. Uh, but if, if there was a significant outbreak in China, because everybody's tried the zero COVID thing, it just doesn't work. They're just doing it because they're desperate to show that they, having unleashed this monster on the world, are, are the best equipped to deal with it. See, communism works, kids. But anyway, if they had a significant outbreak, I mean, a real epidemic there in China, um, what would that do to
4: the global supply chains? Because they're actually doing pretty well COVID-wise right now. So later this hour, bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to David Drucker, old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, who's really up on the legislation, the make-us-go-broke legislation that the Democrats are pushing through, and there's a big breakthrough on that today, so he will have the latest. It's not going to be $3.5 trillion, the social infrastructure bill, or whatever they're calling it. But it's still going to be too much. It's going to be close to two trillion. Hey,
3: when so, do you want to get to Merrick Garland taking a kicking on Capitol Hill?
4: We could do that next, actually.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, he's, he's up there defending his letter, calling uh, concerned parents at school board meetings
4: domestic terrorists. Well, agreeing with an association that claimed that. So I didn't know that we had made the Urban Dictionary several times, or I had forgotten it. Maybe yeah, it we've talked about it. Maybe but, it didn't make as much of an imprint on me as I had hoped, but. Maybe we already have talked about this, but somebody sent me the uh, the segment for a uh, burden of Damascus, which we did invent on this show. Right, is, yep. is in the Urban Dictionary. Experiencing the feeling of diarrhea whilst in a public place, as heard on the hottest show on the West Coast, Armstrong and Giddy Radio Show. And then they give it; they use it in a sentence, which is very handy. I ate Taco Bell at the mall and had a burden of Damascus while shopping at Macy's afterwards. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Thanks for, for including sentence. a sentence. So that you can understand, could I hear? Could you, could you use that in a sentence, please? Before you wow. spell it at the spelling bee. Well, it's an honor, certainly. So, how hard is it to get into the Urban Dictionary? Like, quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest, from the evidence at hand, it's not too hard. <laughs> I just,
3: I would just wish my mom were alive to see this, see how her boys done good, having
4: invented phrases and words. It's pretty he,
3: cool. Yeah. Yeah. We got this thing that we say uh, when somebody needs to poop and there's not a, 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 a toilet around <laughs> and it's on the Internet now. <laughs> oh, boy. It's not so, exactly a Nobel Prize.
4: <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know if you followed the hearings at all yesterday, but if you're on the right, you love how Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz and others owned Merrick Garland. Yes. You pantsed him. On the left, you call it them throwing a fit and being disrespectful. So, we could discuss that and let you uh, be You make the call. You make the call when you hear it next. Armstrong and Getty.
5: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: David Drucker coming up next segment to explain what the, um, the big infrastructure bill is going to have in it, the human infrastructure bill, the social infrastructure bill, the turn us into France bill. Uh, what's it going to have in it? Well, uh, we'll hear that in a few minutes. So it was a while ago, if you're not hip to this story, that uh, it was like a week ago, two weeks ago, the
3: National School Boards Association wrote a letter to Merrick Garland, the attorney general, comparing... Uh, boisterous, adamant parents at school board meetings with domestic terrorists and said that the FBI and the Justice Department Department needed to look into this and crack down on it. Merrick Garland responded with his own statement saying, I'm down with you. And we will absolutely look into this. We can't have people being threatened and the rest of it. And certainly
4: around here, we're against any sort of threat of violence or violence. Um, Pointing out, though, around here, and a lot of people pointing out that there are already laws against threatening people. Or you can't punch a school board member. There's already a law against that sort of thing. So, a bunch
3: of school board associations, including most recently Ohio, said, whoa, 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 we are not down with what the National School Board Association said. This is not cool. Then the NSBA itself recanted the letter, said, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what we were thinking. But, uh, Merrick Garland has not really backed away from his statements and, and the policies of surveilling and, and, and following and observing. Uh, the school board, uh, parents who are extremely upset and concerned over whether it's teaching racism in the schools or pornographic, uh, writing, uh, reading assignments, that sort of thing. So that's the, the, uh, the context. And, uh, Merrick Garland was hauled on Capitol Hill. The Senate took a shot at him. Let's start with, uh, clip 33, Ted Cruz of Texas.
6: Do you understand why? A parent would be upset when your daughter is raped at school, the school board covers it up and then lies to you and claims there have been no assaults. We have no instances of assaults in our bathroom. And that was a flat-out lie, as the court concluded this week. Do you understand why the parent would be upset?
7: Absolutely, and is any expressions of upset are completely protected by the First Amendment.
6: Except you just called him a domestic terrorist. I never
7: called him that. That's not correct. This
6: letter calls him a domestic terrorist, you based a direction to the FBI, an official direction from the Attorney General.
3: So that's some, that's some good stuff. That refers to that Loudoun County uh, rape that the, the school board indeed denied had ever happened. Uh, let's do one more Ted Cruz, 32.
6: Your son-in-law makes a very substantial sum of money from a company involved in the teaching of critical race theory. Did you seek and receive a decision from an ethics advisor at the Department of Justice before you carried out an action that would have a predictable financial benefit to your son-in-law?
7: This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats. I of just violence.
6: asked a question. Did you it seek an ethics? It has no
7: predictable Did you seek on... an
6: ethics opinion? Handled... Yes or no. Did you seek an ethics opinion?
7: This memorandum has not Did nothing... you
6: seek an ethics opinion?
7: This memorandum has nothing to do with
6: General, are you refusing to answer if you sought an ethics opinion? I'm
7: telling you that there's no possible So
6: you're saying no. Just answer it directly. You know how to answer a question directly.
7: Wow, wow.
3: Brow beating him. Tim Sandifer tweeted the other day, don't call the attorney general general. He's not a general. He's a lawyer. <laughs> it's not what it means. Anyway, yeah, so uh, the the idea being, in case you didn't connect the dots, that uh, Merrick Garland said, yeah, anybody who gets really fired up at school board meetings, we're going to sick the FBI on him, or at least keep a close eye on him, which will have a chilling effect on people protesting what? The teaching of racism in schools. And Ibram X. Kendi himself would tell you, yes, racism and discrimination are okay if they overcome past injustices. So people who hate that are protesting. But Let's his hear- son-in-law makes zillions of dollars promoting that stuff. That's
4: the conflict of interest the bearded Texan was fi- so fired up about. Let's hear from some more Republicans who are almost certainly running for president, yelling at the Attorney General. General Clip uh, number thirty-four.
5: The FBI and the Department of Justice. Your U.S. attorneys are now collecting and cataloging all the ways that they might prosecute parents like Mr. Smith because they want to be involved in their children's education, and they want to have a say in their elected officials. It's wrong. It is unprecedented, to my knowledge, in the history of this country, and I call on you to resign.
4: That's Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, who's considered one of the great legal minds in America um, and who's almost certainly running for president, as is Ted Cruz, as is almost everybody who really made the headlines yesterday. Um, the, the, the letter, you know, about domestic terrorism and stuff like that was, a, was intended to scare people off and be a brushback pitch, and I think it was really out of line. I felt like just I took in some of this yesterday. I felt like the Republicans never let Merrick Garland answer a question. That's the way all these hearings have become. You well, just you, you you belittle somebody and you never let them say a word. Well, and let's then, get l- the the belittling then. And then you get and you get on the uh, you know whatever radio show or TV show in your district and it raises money for you. That's what all of these hearings have turned into. Well, we'll let you hear a cynical man trying to defend
3: parents and the rights to protest. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, let's have an entire bail of Tom Cotton. Clip number 42.
5: I guess he seems to have generated a lot of enthusiasm at college uh, football games every Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 stop, this, stop
3: this. This is the wrong clip. My mistake. 36.
5: You keep citing news reports, and that's the most prominent news report that anyone in America has seen. That refers to Scott Smith, whose 15-year-old daughter was raped, She was raped in a bathroom by a boy wearing girls' clothes, and the Loudoun County School Board covered it up because it would have interfered with their transgendered policy during Pride Month. And that man, Scott Smith, because he went to a school board and tried to defend his daughter's rights, was condemned internationally. Do you apologize to Scott Smith and his 15-year-old daughter, Judge?
7: Senator, anyone who is uh, child was raped as the uh, most horrific crime I can imagine, and is certainly entitled and protected by the First Amendment to c- protest to their school board about this. But
5: he was cited is, by the School Board Association fine, as a domestic not, terrorist, which we now know that letter and those reports were the basis for your... Dir- no, th- this no, is, Senator. This is that's wrong. Shameful. Judge, that's, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful.
7: That's not... But
5: thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge.
3: Is there a special form you use to resign in disgrace as opposed to just resigning? I'd like to resign. Regular resign or in disgrace? In oh, disgrace. In d- definitely in disgrace. Thank you. Yeah, that whole Loudoun County story is sick and disappointing. Oh, and the
4: idea is- that that man, for, for his rage, is a terrorist is, is just horrific. Republicans might be on the winning side of an education issue for the first time in my lifetime. What's in the big bill? Stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: A vote on the
2: infrastructure package, the roads and the bridges, right? They're holding it up until we get that agreement. Somehow, for some reason, it's being held hostage by this other bill.
8: Let's make absolutely sure that everyone's on the same page and then we'll vote both Mm bills. Let's be very clear about where the the issue is in terms of getting a deal it is with those two senators
5: basically trying to agree to a framework and the president's been very clear he'll go over to the house and he'll
8: basically explain to the house that i have a framework but there's still an awful lot of work to be done is getting a deal by tomorrow still realistic
2: yes
7: mm, not so sure
4: so one of the problems with the play and sound clips about this whole story Is uh, everything changes so fast. So that's where it was middle of the afternoon West Coast time yesterday. But a lot of changed in the evening and it's changed today as it's been announced that Biden has got a one point eight five trillion dollar framework he's going to lay out uh, today, I guess. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? David
3: Drucker's long been the man on the hill for the Washington Examiner, one of the most seasoned and insightful reporters on the Capitol, in our opinion. He's also the author of a brand-new book, In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. David
4: Drucker joins us now. David, how are you?
8: I'm great. How are you?
4: Well, I've got COVID. I'm at home, and I've got COVID, and I've got the worst sore throat of my life. And I'm vaccinated.
8: Well, it's not fun. I had it before vaccination was available. Um, I feel very lucky to have come out of it without a major problem or anything lasting. But it is no fun.
4: No, I feel crappy. There's no doubt about it. But I'm not going to die. I don't think so. That's good. Uh, anyway, so what the hell's going on with this uh, infrastructure bill? Well,
8: <laughs> you tell me. Look, um, in, in all seriousness, it looks like the vice the president has a new as they're calling it a framework. Right. Which means this sketch of a deal, which, you know, it's kind of like any sketch. You've got to fill in all these details, but you kind of know the shape. You know where the door is going to go. You know where the window is going to go. But you don't know what kind of lock you're going to have. You don't know how many hinges you're going to have. So you haven't priced it all out yet. They do have a price. Um, They're trying to find a way to uh, make the liberals and the centrists happy. And let's see if they can finally do it. I think the urgency here is to get something done before the Virginia governor's uh, race concludes Tuesday, because if Terry McAuliffe loses to Glenn Youngkin, which can very well happen, I think they're going to have a really hard time uh, reaching an agreement anytime soon.
4: I heard you, know, you make that point yesterday, and I thought that's really a good one. That they they do have that time pressure on them because if it if it, what is perceived as an upset happens with a Democrat losing in Virginia, yeah, the the whole let's go out on a limb for progressive build thing is going to get weaker, no doubt about it.
8: Yeah, I mean, it's and it's look, it, you know, they have a five seat majority in the House, right? They don't have any room to maneuver here, and they have enough centrists that will look at a result like that, especially. Uh, some of them in Virginia itself, and say, I'm not going to be a party to, to all of this spending and all of these measures that may be popular in a vacuum but have not uh, proven popular enough, especially while, especially while you're holding a bipartisan $1 trillion infrastructure bill hostage that is popular. Uh, so it, it's just like all of these things they're trying to – it's like a puzzle they're trying to put together – And, you know, we forget about this because we've talked about the bigger bill so often. You got 19 Republican senators on board for infrastructure. They had a bill ready to go, something uh, President Trump was never able to do. And then they buried it, saying they're not going to do anything until they do this bill that only Democrats are going to support. And that's all well and good when you have the margins. But when you have a 50-50 Senate and a five-seat majority in the House, you know, unless you can do it, it's very
3: difficult to do. Well, we're not nearly as up on this stuff as you are or as close to it as you are, but I haven't heard anybody claim, yup, we got the votes, and yeah, everybody loves the framework. It's just an announcement that there is a framework, and uh, I don't know. Uh,
8: Well, look, I mean, I'm sympathetic to the president in this regard, right? Ultimately, if you want to get something done and it's your agenda, you have to start pushing. I think he's been in some ways admirably restrained in allowing the – supreme branch of government to try and work its will or at least his party in the supreme branch to work, work its, their will Well, they're not working any will so I think he's trying to exert pressure and create a deal for them to get their arms around because they're not doing it themselves and usually in these situations it takes presidential leadership to bring members of Congress together and so let's see if he
3: can get it done well, I appreciate your point about his restraint, but is this the same old fellow who whipsawed the nation by suddenly declaring that the two bills were tied together an hour and a half after announcing that they had a deal on infrastructure? I mean, that's that's some pretty shaky
4: leadership.
8: Yeah, well, details, right? I mean, look, the, the, <laughs> I, don't think the president, I, I don't think the president did him any favors when he did himself any favors when he did that. He should have said, this is why the American people elected right. me. This is what my predecessor could never do. We're going to vote this bill out, and then we're going to go on, move on to the next bill, which I will be happy to sign when all of you guys can agree to something and you send it to my desk. I think that that was a viable strategy. Now, it's possible that Speaker Pelosi wasn't going to do that because it's possible she was going to end up with too many defections because she doesn't have enough of a majority to just do what somebody tells her to do or to do what she wants to do but it certainly i think would have been a better political strategy for the president
4: uh, i don't usually agree with aoc and bernie sanders but i agree with them on this because they both have expressed why do we keep talking about the total amount and not about the policies why aren't we debating the policies in front of america as opposed to what the number is going to be and what what is the answer they, to that they question?
8: are de- they are debating the policies you know Politicians love to do this. When things aren't going well, the problem is not my policy. It's the messaging. It's, you know, dopey reporters. Well, I got news for you. The policies have been much debated and much discussed. There is not a consensus for their policies. And that is part of the problem that they are facing.
3: So is it still just a big question, Mark, whether either or both of these things go through? Do you have any uh, gut feeling? And when? Um Look, it's
8: possible that we're beginning to see some movement. It's just hard for me to make predictions because they keep kind of they have been going around in circles with each other. Um, But you know, I think we're going to have to see how the day unfolds uh, here, Eastern Time, and 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 how how it looks. I think it may help matters that the president unveiled a new framework formally getting away from that $3.5 trillion figure, formally getting away from all that that original proposal included in trying to sharpen the focus of, of Democrats. But centrists and liberals, and, and I think especially the liberals in this case, need to accept where things are and want to make a deal.
4: Yeah, I just wonder, are they going to do like uh, the Freedom Cau- Caucus did with Republicans a couple of times, where they're just going to dig in and they're, they're okay with nothing happening?
8: Well, they have, and they are. So I think the question is, can the president and the speaker and the majority leader in the Senate convince them otherwise?
3: Interesting. Well, I guess we'll know probably by the end of the day today. Uh, David Drucker, always a pleasure, always informative. We appreciate the help and uh, look forward to talking to you at length at some point soon about your brand-new book, In Trump's Shadow, The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP. Thanks, David.
8: Hey, thanks, guys. Take it easy.
3: Absolutely.
4: So, you know, that's as as old as the Republic is this idea of um, being true to your um, whatever your ideology is. So like the Freedom Caucus, which I uh, I brought up, that, that was a group of conservatives that was a pretty big group. But it got to where they were so unwilling to compromise on anything. And some of you thought that was great that like our friend Tom McClintock left the Freedom Caucus because they wouldn't they wouldn't take, you know, Half a win, if they couldn't get the whole win, they'd say then nothing. Mm. Um, And that happened on Obamacare. That happened on immigration. It happened on a couple of different things where I think we would have been better off taking half a win than getting nothing. And I just wonder if the progressives are about to do the same thing for the Democrats now. Counting on dominant victories in the midterm with the guy in office, that doesn't happen. Yikes. That doesn't happen. It didn't happen for the Freedom Caucus. You don't end up to get. To your have. You don't get your day where you get the whole loaf. You just end up getting nothing. You get no loaf at all. You, get uh, loaf you know. All. One thing that I found kind of interesting was, uh, you know, we've
3: all news junkies among us have been hearing absolutely more than we need to about Terry McAuliffe and Glenn Youngkin running for governor of Virginia. But it is interesting to me, and and it rings true that everybody there in D.C. is acutely aware of, of which way the wind is blowing in that blue-to-purple state of Virginia. And if Youngkin wins, that's a pretty solid rebuke to the more leftward leanings of the Democratic Party. And the more moderate members are going to say, I'm going to try as hard as I can to seem moderate. I am Captain Moderate over here. Look at me. Look how moderate I am. I'm
4: not right. passing this boondoggle. No way. So it it will have a, a ripple effect. Um, by the way, just to mention that quickly, since you brought up that race, and, and so I don't have to bring it up again. So Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, um, who is a, a political hack, I mean, he is the classic hack of hacks. Oh, yeah. If he in, tells uh, the in truth, politics. it's just a coincidence. Anyway, he tweeted out yesterday, Donald Trump is coming to Virginia to campaign for his hand-picked guy, Glenn Youngkin. Enough of this MAGA nonsense. We will defeat Trump once again this November. Then Michael Schur retweeted that with the comment and he's with the Washington Post. Yeah. Michael Schur of the Washington Post retweeted that said Trump is not coming to the election. <laughs> is not coming to Virginia to campaign for Youngkin. So so wow. So Collef was just f- just flat out st- he just made it up. He just flat out made up. Trump is coming to campaign for his hand-picked choice. He's trying to tie Trump to the Oh yeah, he's running against Trump. <laughs> but it's hilarious. I mean, he just he went so far as to just make that story up. Wow. And the Washington Post even had to say, Trump is not coming to Virginia. That's wow. Wow, what a, what a <laughs> way to run a country.
1: And it really is. The whole <laughs> the
4: whole um, fact-check thing doesn't work because everybody's so siloed. The smart politicians like McAuliffe, the smart politicians have figured out nobody hears the rebuttal. Nobody hears the fact check. I can say whatever I want. My people only hear me. Sure, They're not taking in media that will fact-check me.
3: Rachel Maddow will gleefully repeat that. She she doesn't care whether it's true or not, because it'll whip up the folks. That's wild.
4: Anyway, our text line is always 415-295-KFTC. we got more stuff to get to. What is something we... Oh, are you following the whole Tony Romo, Tom Brady's wife, supposed controversy? Dear fake controversy. Oh,
3: speaking of which, and this is real outrage... Tim Allen out as Buzz Lightyear. Is it because of his conservative politics?
4: Probably. Or because he's 90 years old.
3: That's not helping. You've ruined the tease. (laughs) It was a very good good tease. You've
4: ruined it. My kids will be interested in that. You can't have a different voice. Kids will not take well to just a different voice all of a sudden. Tim Allen out. They have hired instead
0: a liberal snurdly. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
4: armstrong and getty show so i have the COVID. i got uh, an official uh, uh positive test last night so i i uh, negative on the home test several times including yesterday oh but boy. i went to the local university where they do the uh, more accurate test i guess in theory and uh tested positive i feel like crap so i'm not surprised that i got something but anyway The anecdotal evidence I'm getting from the text line is just so all over the place. And that's the way it is with COVID. There's such different results for different people out there. And we got a buddy whose wife who's basically had COVID for a year. Um, uh, This person said, my friend not vaxxed got COVID has had a fever for 11 days and counting. Feels terrible. Wow. 11 straight days of a fever. Um uh, I've got a doctor friend who told me, ask if I'd contacted my doctor, which I haven't and wasn't planning on. Should I? He said it couldn't hurt. I wasn't really planning on contacting my doctor, but well, I'll give my heads up. Ask if there's anything you ought to be doing, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it doesn't hurt anything. I wasn't planning on it, but since he, he said, uh, ask for the ivermectin. So oh, this great. Of so mine, you're going to
3: take some cattle paste. You're going to take some horse pills. <laughs> Like a stupid, rural,
4: middle-American, Trump-loving idiot. Stupid, horse-paced, eating moron. So Joe Rogan of the podcast fame, who took the, 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 the ivermectin as prescribed by his doctor, like millions of people across America, he said he knows for a fact 200 congresspeople have taken ivermectin as prescribed by their doctor. Wow. Um well, I'm not the- surprised. It is, it's a incredibly well-used
3: drug. But while the media acted like only a lunatic would take it, we right. had
4: 200 Congress people taking it. Well, that's what liars they are. They're not, yeah. like, subtly biased. They're just out-and-out out liars. So this weekend's Halloween. I don't know how we're going to do Halloween with everybody in the family having COVID. But anyway, trick-or-treat, my kids have COVID. Enjoy your night. Um... <laughs> uh, so, I don't know where Michael came across this, but this is a, a like a safety PSA or something for Halloween? That's from correct. Back in, from back in the 70s. Coincidentally, this would have been like I'd have been exactly the same age when this came out as my, my oldest son is. But let's hear this. This little witch
0: doesn't know it, but she's taking some frightening chances of being hurt, maybe badly hurt. It's a good idea to write your name, address, and phone number on the sack, just in case there is an accident whether you buy a costume or design your own be sure that it's made of flame retardant material but there are a few other things you should do before going out eat a big dinner if you go trick-or-treating while you're hungry you'll be tempted to sample some of your treats while you're out make sure you carry a flashlight when you go the light will not only help you see where you're going in the dark but it will also make it easier for others including drivers to see you
3: you know that's the mix of good and why are you my mother, announcer lady? <laughs> and and just I don't know. Put put a name on your your bag for your name, for your address, kid? and phone number, <laughs> so we can mail accident. it to you if you leave it behind, or well, if you get run over, somebody will say, "Hey, this little kid here got run over." I wonder who they are. Oh man. I don't you know I trick or treated like a fiend for the the normal number of years in a fairly normal neighborhood in Chicago land and uh, I don't remember many kids bursting into flames or being <laughs> run down or ingesting razor
4: blades or any of it bursting into flames All right. how Hey, what scenario am I going to catch on fire here? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd rather not. But the, the, the flame retardant
3: costumes, because I remember that was a problem for a while. Kids would get near a jack o' lantern, and the, the you know, um, God knows where made uh, plasticky costumes would just burst into flames. And that happened. to How many of your friends? Well, again, didn't observe it myself. Right. I, um, I understand the threat, however.
4: What year was that though? That was the Carter year, seventy-seven. Right? Yeah, malaise. Malays are uh, written all over it. It, just, it drips with Malays.
3: <laughs> uh, kids come to my door. I give them a nice.
4: heap and helping the Malays. Here you go, guys. <laughs> I don't What's honestly know what we're going to do for Halloween. Hmm, I'm gonna have to think that over, and maybe I won't say it on the air because I don't know if they'll officially be outside of the CDC guidelines for.
3: Well, and it depends on how they feel, too. It sounded from your description that, that that Henry wasn't feeling good enough to care. But, of course, Halloween's so exciting for kids. I don't know.
4: Yeah. Well, it's, it's so the guidelines are um, you count 10 days from onset of symptoms. Well, different when, people's symptoms last a different amount of time. So, Well, and you felt like you had a cold. Briefly, like a week ago, right? I can't even remember when it was. Right. Friday before last. I right. was pretty sick. I thought I had the COVID then. I must not have because I tested positive yesterday, and now I got a completely different feeling disease than I had right. a week and a half ago.
3: Okay. So I feel like I have a cold right now. It's a typical cold, but otherwise I feel fine. I'm going to go play golf later today if, you know, if the... the, the you know, if the world cooperates with me. Um, so
4: do I just have a cold? I mean, there can be colds going around. Sure, absolutely. Right? Well, that's what I thought. That's what I thought originally. I thought I had a cold. That's why I didn't even get tested. I didn't even think about it. But we got um, meetings with a
3: bunch of people, and if I'm coughing and sneezing, they don't want to be anywhere near me. Not only in case I have the uh, Fauci fever, our new favorite name for it, but, you know, just because I have
4: a cold. Well, and and if, if I took three home tests and the last 4 days and they were all negative but i got a positive test at the university what's the point of the home tests is there any point in taking those
3: they they miss the positive 16 to 19% of the time from what i've read so that's almost 1 in 5 that uh, that's a bit of a fun suck in terms of sticking the
4: swab up your nose hmm yeah i think if you got good testing in your town you're better off going to the slightly more accurate testing making an appointment that's the plan that would be All right, a lot idea. of good stuff to come. Stick with us. If you miss a segment, go to ArmstrongandGetty.com.
0: Armstrong and Getty. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.
2: 18 plus.